Welcome back to the Facts About PACS. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPACS Executive Director, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Adam Delmar. And this is episode 66 of the number one PAC podcast in America. The depths of winter, Michaela. As we record this show, we're preparing for yet another January storm in the Washington, D.C. area. You know, I could use some time in the sun, my friend. Oh, my goodness. We all could. And at the right moment, we will have it. Oh, you have my attention. Well, before I say another word, I'm breaking with protocol and bringing in our guest for today's broadcast right now. A warm welcome back, Megan Joyce. Thank you, Michaela. I'm happy to be back. And Adam, I'm definitely ready for some sun too. Well, Packers, we have you covered. When the job is done, we will see all of you, I hope, at the Breakers in Palm Beach for our 2022 post-election conference. Could it be true? Are we really going to get back to normal in the NABPAC tradition of bringing the community together at that beautiful spot in sunny South Florida? Yes. It's been four years. It's been too long. It's time to get back together. It's hard to believe it's been four years, but we are underway with our preparations for our big event. It is going to be fabulous, and I can't wait to see. I know both of you will be there, so I know for sure we're going to have a good time. Well, I'm sure everybody listening, Megan, they're going to want to know more details. Michaela, is there anything more we can tell them? Is it to get your mind focused on doing the job, and then this is going to happen? But registration's got to be coming up sometime in the near future, right? Our hope is that we will begin pushing out registration right around April 1st, so So be on the lookout for registration information. We're putting together all of the details as we speak. And I think the main theme is going to be fun. So mark your calendars, November 16th through the 18th, Palm Beach. I know with that out of the way and our featured guest already with us, it's incumbent upon me to get this podcast into the air. The Facts About PACS podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by GR Pro. GR Pro is a driving force behind pro-business issue initiatives and candidates, an independent public affairs firm specializing in political finance, strategic communications, independent expenditures, coalition management, and digital advocacy. GR Pro employs a campaign-style approach to execute a winning strategy for your legislative, regulatory, and communications battles. Thanks, Adam. Megan Joyce. International Paper, Global Government Relations, Director of Political and Advocacy Strategy, and 2022 NABPAC President. It is perfect to have you join us in January as our community really is gearing up for their campaigns right now. I really want listeners to have your perspective on where NABPAC stands as an organization and the important work being done behind the scenes and, and where you think we're headed as we move into the 2022 year. Well, first of all, Michaela, I'm just honored and super excited to be president of NABPAC this year. You know, our organization is filled with smart, talented, creative, strategic PAC professionals. And, you know, most importantly, our community is so generous. They're caring and collaborative and always working to pull each other up. And I just couldn't be more proud to be leading this phenomenal organization. You know, I was recently reflecting on my involvement with NADPAC. And when I first got started in the PAC world, I knew very little then. And I've learned so much over the years through NADPAC and the network of just super smart and seasoned professionals. And, 
That's why it's so important to me to give back to the community that has given me so much personally and professionally. So I'm really excited about 2022. Um, you know, we've got to move forward. That's really what my motto is for 2022. You know, it's the same for our packs. We can either choose to tread water and stay where we are in fear of the next potential crisis, or we can leverage all the tools available to us. You know, NAPAC has armed us with great resources that we can plan for the next crisis, get our internal stakeholders on the same page and have an open and honest conversation with our PAC boards and be more transparent with our donors. And that's really what 2021, if you weren't already doing that, uh, was all about, was getting ready to move forward. So we can't afford to sit on the sidelines anymore. 2022 is a big election. And the fact remains that elections matter and elected officials make decisions that impact our businesses. And it's critical that our voices are heard and our voices are represented in that debate. So like it or not, crisis and uncertainty are part of what we do. And one of the things that I know you believe, uh, both of you, is that NAPAC has kept pace. We're evolving with the times. Megan, talk for a minute about NAPAC's goals. You know, we've got a lot of goals and, um, you know, we had a great board of directors meeting last month. And one of our big goals for this year is implementing our board governance improvements. You know, I'm so proud of the work that our board accomplished last year under Michaela's leadership, despite all the challenges and the obstacles that our PACs faced in 2021. We made some major governance improvements and enhancements. We revamped our bylaws. Our board terms, our executive committee structure is more transparent and inclusive, reflects the, the members that we have. And we have more work to do this year. We've got to put the meat on the bones. And we had just elected a great board. And I'm really excited that we're going to be moving forward on that front. You know, advocacy remains a big issue for us, too. You know, we need to continue to educate Congress and the media about employee funded and business association PACs. I mean, if we needed a recent reminder with this new Senate bill that's being introduced by Senators Mark Kelly and John Ossoff, the Ban Corporate PACs Act in the Senate, it's a reminder we have a lot more work to do. And so that's really going to be a big priority for us this year as well. We've made great strides on our DEI work and our DEI strategic priorities of culture, talent, and community remain a big focus in 2022. And thanks to the great leadership of our DEI task force led by John Mason and Kevin Cameron, you know, we're excited to be launching our member impact groups this year. So be on the lookout for that and ways that you can get involved. Really excited about the plans we have laid out ahead of us for 2022. Megan, we have uh, a lot of work uh, on the horizon as an organization, and I just personally am thrilled that you are our fearless leader and will continue to take on these challenges and to what you said earlier, keeping the community moving forward. You know, you've been around a long time, and I would consider you one of the best in the business, truthfully. And I think our listeners would love to hear what your top advice for PAC managers is right now. You know, I think if anything over the last two years has demonstrated is that the role of the PAC manager, the political position in the government relations team or government affairs staff has really elevated. I would argue it's always been an important part of the team. And I've been fortunate enough to work for an organization that has recognized that. But this is an opportunity to step forward and be thoughtful, be intentional about the things that you're doing with your pack. Every action matters and the details really do matter. Um, you know, whether it's 
paying attention to the dates that your checks are cut. You know, all of those little details that are, are really, really important. And quite frankly, our PAC leaders are strategic partners on the government relations and government affairs teams that we have. And if your C-suite and leaders of organizations weren't paying attention to the PAC prior to 2020, they sure are now. And so I'd say I encourage everyone to step up to the plate, rise to the challenge. And this is a, it's a great thing. One of the things that we talk about a lot on this show, as you know, is don't get stung. Don't let anything that jumps up and causes trouble be a surprise. It would be a failure of imagination after everything that we've done to not see around the corners, understand the scrutiny that we're all under, and how to harness the facts about PACs to push back on people who are aggregating bad information, running bad headlines, and just generally uninformed. It's our job to inform everybody and be prepared for those things. There really aren't surprises anymore. You know, we've got the tools and NAPAC has really done a great job of providing those templates and suggestions and best practices. You've got a great network of people to talk to who may have been through this before. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, re researching and doing survey work with your potential audience. And part of that is knowing your internal audience and knowing your external audience and just being prepared. Megan, one thing that has struck me about how you've managed your pack over the years, particularly these last couple of years, you have an amazing sense of calm at all times. And I think that maybe you could share how you do stay that calm, even in the height of the storm, you know, and I think about 2021, as the corporate PAC community was really under fire. What is your advice in sort of managing through those stormy waters? You know, I think the importance of the relationships within your organization and, you know, I'm so fortunate in that we have a wonderful PAC board of directors and we're very, I work very closely with our PAC board um, and they're representative of um, all of our businesses and staff groups. So we have a really great diverse cross-section of our employee base and, you know, our board is really central to what we do with our PAC. And so every step we took through really, quite frankly, leading up to 2020 and then through 2020 and 2021, um, we did it hand in hand with our PAC board. So I think it's the relationships are just so critical. One of the things I think we've seen a great step forward in is that there are humans who are in the DE&I role within organizations. Their integration into the pack, whether they're on the board, have visibility, personal experience, and can speak to setting the record straight or disabusing people of false notions. How important is that, do you think, for all of us in the community to be thinking about doing that and doing more of it as we go forward? I think it's critically important. Uh, our PAC leadership, whether it's your PAC board, it needs to reflect the organization that it represents. And that's geographic, it's all the elements. I mean, we have 27,000 employees across 35 states. So, you know, we got to make sure that those geographic differences are represented and all of our businesses and leaders in our DE&I organizations within IP. And so that is really important to make sure that our governing body represents the PAC donors and the PAC membership. Megan, you run IPPAC at International Paper. What can you share about your campaign this year as we think about moving forward? Well, we are definitely moving forward and we are kicking off our membership campaign in March. So we're in the last month of preparation, but we have a really, one of the testaments to our success is our 
peer-to-peer program. You know, we have over 120 IP pack champions, we call them across the country. And we've been spending a lot of time with them over the last few months with training and preparation. And I can tell you, they're so excited to reach out to their colleagues and they're really excited about the future of our company and getting engaged on the issues that impact our businesses. I mentioned early surveys. I'm a big believer in surveying your donors and non-donors. I think that's really important. And so we surveyed our PAC members and non-members in October to get a sense of where their attitudes about the PAC, where they are, because quite frankly, it had been three years since we had surveyed and a lot has changed in those three years, not just with the pandemic and not just with the political divisiveness, but also we had spun off our papers business, a business that had been part of our founding 120 years ago. So it was a big deal. So we wanted to get a sense of where folks are. You know, the findings were a bit surprising to me. And what was surprising was that we found a lot of attitudes had not changed. So I think we went, I went into it at least with a bias that, oh, people are going to feel differently. And, and we were surprised. I was surprised to find that not a lot had changed. Our employees still think it's important for IP to have a voice in the political process. And they still think that issues and decisions made by elected officials impact our business. And they want to better understand how the issues impact our company and how candidates come down on those issues. Quite frankly, I just want more information. And so this completely aligns with the BIPAC data from episode 64 when Tim Reardon was on. It totally aligns with that. So we're really excited about it. We see nothing but an opportunity to connect with our colleagues and to just get them more plugged into the political process. But I would say there was one surprise. We asked a question for the first time about whether our PAC board should evaluate candidates based more on business issues or non-business issues. And we never asked this question before. And again, I think I went into it with a bias expecting, oh, we're going to see a shift. And the overwhelming majority agree that the PAC should be focused on business issues and evaluate candidates based on those issues. So bottom line, do your research and test your assumptions. Megan, I love this. And I think, you know, when we think about best practices and advice that we give to the up and coming PAC professionals, this is a fairly new effort that I've seen you take the lead on in other organizations, but taking the time to survey the donors and non-donors to understand their attitudes and where they're at, I think is so important in this moment because it gives you the tools you need to go back to your board, your corporate board, your CEO, your C-suite to say, let's not make decisions based on assumptions. Let's make decisions based on exactly where our employees are. And we have a lot of anecdotal evidence to what you're saying across the board with other organizations, but you actually have the real data to hold up and stand behind. And I think if there's anything anybody takes away from this episode of the Facts About Packs podcast is that this needs to be a focus for 2022 and beyond, and to not just do it one time. This needs to be a part of your strategic planning every other year. I mean, you know, like you said, maybe it's three years. It's sort of to me like your audits, you know, you this should be a part of your program going forward so that we take the guesswork because the next crisis that comes along, now we're going to have the information. The CEO is going to be armed and is not going to be caught off guard. So I hope if our listeners do anything from this episode is that they call you and talk to you about how you do this and what your process is. I'm more than happy to share and just, you know, ask your ask your audience, know your audience and find out what's on their mind. 
our survey culture really did help us inform our PAC board leading into 2020 that we needed to kind of rethink our some of our criteria for candidate support. So when 2021 hit us, we had already made some changes and they really weren't reactive. They were because it was based on what we were hearing from our PAC members and our colleagues. So I strongly support surveys and the value of getting that incredible input. You know, as I think back to episode 64 and that conversation we had with Tim Reardon, one of the things that really stands out for me, there is a great deal of trust between employees and employers. And even as we calibrate to talking to one another and knowing what our goals are, we have an obligation within the pack to give really good unbiased information about getting out the vote, about how to register it, about what the issues are. And in many cases, as we find this year after a new census and new lines being drawn across American congressional districts, the players are changing, Megan. People need an unbiased, trustworthy place to get that information. That is something we can fulfill for everyone in our organizations beyond, as you mentioned, just our donors. Exactly. And, you know, our philosophy, we have a strong voter education and engagement program at International Paper. And our motto is, you know, we're never going to tell you who to vote for or how to vote, but provide that unbiased information to make sure our employees are registered, their families, they know where to go, they know what options are available to them where they live and what the issues that are important to their job. So Megan, I just want to thank you for everything that you do, not only for NAPAC, for, but for the business PAC community at large. And thank you for being with us again on the Facts About PACs podcast today. Thanks, Mikhail and Adam. It's been fun as always. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing the podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About PACs.